The following is a presentation of Four Star Sports Media. Germantown Village Wine and Liquor Studios. Germantown Village Wine and Liquor. They have single barrel whiskeys you can only find in their store. Go by and see Stephen Plunk and tell him Four Star sent you. Now, it's time to get to the point with your hosts, Wes Pruitt and Brandon Bumgarner. Memphis fans, and it's time to get to the point with Memphis sports. We've got some things to talk about tonight. The Tiger football team lost another one on the road at Tulsa Saturday night. We'll get into that. I was there. We got another one coming up. Quick week. Thursday night, Navy comes to town to Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium, which I'm hearing it's the last time I'll ever be called that. I'm hearing there's a there's a ceremony for Simmons Bank Stadium. So that's exciting. I'm sure we'll dig on to that. And then we've got Memphis Madness coming up this week. So we're going to talk Tiger basketball and all things going on there. There's kind of a black cloud looming over the University of Memphis program at the moment, and we're going to get into it. Got Nathan Wilson, I've got Brandon Bumgarner, I've got Will Bass all with me inside the Germantown Village Wine and Liquor Studios. Fellas, how are we doing? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. I've been better. Yeah, I feel <laughs> yeah I'm with Bum. I've been way better than what I feel right now. Yeah, I feel you. As an Alabama fan, I understand. Um, all right, Will, let's get into it. The Tigers... With a loss Saturday night on the road. <sighs> 35-29 was the final. Will, I'll get your take first. Um, what did you think of the Tigers' performance Saturday night? And I mean, it, it obviously was very disappointing. Um, you know, another, another close loss, another game that we were able to put points up early and just really – didn't seem to uh, have an answer for the opponent, the, the opponents uh, opposing offense. But, you know, that's three games in a, in a row 
uh, just looking back at box scores where we've gone multiple quarters scoreless. Um, but also still, you look at that, we had 197 more yards offensively and uh, I believe 30 additional plays still managed to go on to lose the game. So, I mean, I think a lot of that's definitely um, – it seems like it's – it's got to, you know, it's got to come on the defensive side of things. I mean, I think we were discussing it pre-show, you know, you just, you can't win football games if you can't wrap people up and put them on the ground and arm tackles aren't, uh, definitely aren't getting it done. No, they're not. Uh, and I'll get into more on that when we get into the game. Uh, Nathan, what about you, man? Uh, what'd you think of the Tigers Saturday night? Uh, I mean, the one thing Tulsa did to us was run the ball. And, uh, I mean, I know Brooks averaged about 26 carries for 126 yards and two touchdowns. That hurt us. And then that late touchdown that uh, uh, Davis threw, uh, I mean, that, I mean, that, I mean, Watkins, I'm sorry, Watkins late touchdown run just, it, it hurt, dude. It hurt to watch. The tackling wasn't there. Um, it, it was, it was a tough game to watch. Uh, but you know, the, it, the thing about this Tiger team, it's a young one, it's a young team. They got there's room to grow, uh, a lot of improvements still will be made. Uh, so you know, anybody out there that's down in the Tigers right now, don't be down on them. It's a young team. Uh, you know, next year, uh, I know we'll, we'll be a lot different for the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really hoping it is. I mean, I'm I'm hoping this season turns out to be a successful year. We've got three wins right now. I mean, guys, we're only three, we're only three wins away from a bowl. Looking at this schedule coming up, I would hope we can make a bowl. I mean, if we don't make a bowl, there's major issues going on. Brandon, I come to you, man. What's your thoughts, buddy? Don't really have many thoughts. Um, I think there has to be some changes. I think guys have to buy in. I think Coach Silverfield has to get these guys to buy in, man. Um, I know it's easier said than done, but, like, look, you're on the verge of not making a bowl game for the first time in eight years. Uh, I'm having flashbacks of Paxton Lynch's red shirt freshman season, which would have been Fuente's second year, you know. Um, this team has shown promise. And it's not like they're getting blown out of games, you know. They're not they're not getting absolutely destroyed when in these losses. But the close ones hurt way more than the blowouts do. I can promise you that. As a fan, I know that as a player. Um, I know the players feel that way. I know the coaches feel that way. Cause you're what? A total of four possessions from or four or five possessions from being six and zero, like uh, it's just, it, it's tough. It's tough, man. Being a Memphis fan is always tough. So I understand what a lot of people are going through. Um, like I've taken last few days, kind of. I'm usually on social media twenty four seven. You know, I've taken the last few days and kind of. I've been on, but like. Hadn't tweeted as, as much, hadn't posted on Facebook as much, just because, like, uh, I'm disappointed. That's uh, that's all I can say is I'm disappointed. I'm not yeah. I'm not mad. 
Uh, I'm not I'm not angry with anybody, but I, I'm extremely disappointed with the start that we had to to what we have right now. You win three, you lose three. Um, that it shouldn't it should never go that way. Especially no, if you beat especially if you're beating a Mississippi State team who ended up beating Texas A and M who beat Alabama. Like yeah. that shows you right there that you can be a good football team. And I mean one of those losses is to an undefeated UTSA team. I mean, I think we got to give them a little bit of props as well. Um, that loss maybe doesn't look quote unquote as bad, but the loss Saturday night does look bad. Uh, you lose to a Tulsa team that you shouldn't lose to. You should beat that team by a minimum of 14 points, in my opinion. Uh, I was there. Uh, nice little stadium. I thought it was a very pretty stadium. Uh, all the fans I ran into were super nice. Um, I don't get it. Uh, and I, I don't want to really go on a rant here, but I mean, how does this get fixed? Uh, I think number one is you got to get some pressure up front. And if the guys that you're, that you've got out there that are trying to get pressure are not getting it done, throw somebody else out there, see if they can get it done. And if they can't, then at least it tells that guy, Hey, there's competition on this team. Competition is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. We can't tackle. I don't understand that. We'll, we're, we lined up with three down linemen. Three. They were on the 11 going in to score. Three down linemen are on the field. I, I just, why? I don't, that's the question I have, and I can't get an answer. I don't understand why. I don't get it. Why can't we tackle? We were we were a pretty good tackling team last year, if I remember correctly. I mean, we weren't great. You have the leading tackler in the country on your team. Thank you. Get him to teach the guys how to tackle. Well, and I mean, here's here's the thing. Um, when you're when you're set when you're starting safety as your leading tackler and one of the leading tacklers in the nation, you've either got an elite defense and no, he's no, no, just no. everywhere. Time out. It's JJ really? Russell. JJ Russell plays linebacker. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My Quindell bad. Quindell's not far behind him, but JJ Russell is the leading tackler in the country. Thank you. Um, it's you're either an elite defense or you're getting no pressure. We where's the pressure at, Brandon? I mean, has it been there all season? How, um, how many how many sacks do we have this year? Can we can uh, we count them on one hand or two? I think you can count them on one. Uh, the reason you don't have any pressure is because you're running three down linemen and you're playing your corners eight eight yards off of their uh, the man they're covering. Yes, yeah, it, it's it makes no sense. Uh, I mean, look. So if you look at what t- Tulsa did to us, Tulsa ran it right up the middle on us because it was All three right. down linemen. We went, and when we loaded the box, we did fine. Yep. But when we didn't load the box. We did terrible. So, what does that tell you this week? Mike McIntyre has to has to have these guys load the box because you're playing a running triple option team. What'd you do against Tulsa or Temple? Sorry, all these T's are getting me. I know, um, I know, me too. But what'd you do against Temple? You uh, played 18 yards off of your man, and they threw a screen pass and would run yep. it up the field 12 yards every yep. single play. It's it's frustrating because you don't see any adjustments. 
You have to have adjustments. That's how that's how this gets fixed. You have to adjust to who you're playing and adjust your play style to who you're playing to. So this week, I promise you, because look at what they did last year at Navy. I know Navy's a little bit of a better team this year than they were last year. But last year, they went to Annapolis, went up there. I think they only allowed like seven points the entire game. It was a it was a great performance. It by was the a team. great performance by the defense. The defense yes. looked awesome, and I've been saying it all year. The front seven is good when they get pressure. It, it's just that you, when you're playing three down linemen, you're not going to get much pressure. Now, but I mean, here, Tulsa okay, was ahead, doing sorry. the same thing, and they were getting all the pressure they could. That was so, my next point. Yes, uh, but their corners are also not playing 18 yards off the ball. So, Very true. Their corners were right up on us all night long. Literally, it just, it's, it's right frustrating. You don't you don't see any you don't see any uh, anything. Just they don't flex the defense at all. You, you run the same stuff out there every week, every single play. And I mean, it, it gets tiresome, man. I'm tired it of it. Does. I'm tired of watching this team just get gashed. Like I get it, it's Halloween. People are getting stabbed in Halloween movies, but I'm tired of watching this Memphis team get just gashed and gashed and gashed every week, not only by the run, but by the pass. We can't tackle anybody. I don't – I just don't get it, Will. I don't get it. I mean, how do you think – what do you think the process is to get this fixed? Honestly, man, I mean, I don't I don't know. Um, I mean, I'll, defensive scheme, you know, that's one one place to, to sort of start, you know, stop um, – Stop lining up, like you said, in three-man fronts and situations that don't call for it, you know, where you're not just trying to drop people back in coverage or something along those lines. But I think one of the biggest things is accountability, finding guys on that team that are willing to be leaders and, and help hold guys accountable, you know, and, and call them out after a bad play where they've let somebody run by them or missed a tackle that could have saved a score or could have saved a first down or, you know, something, something along those lines because that seems to be – what ends up being what what bites them um, in a lot of these games is they'll have a team on the ropes or, or at least be up big on a team and they can't get the big stops when they need to. They allow teams to extend these drives, whether it be through um, penalties wow. or, or just big, you know, misplays where you've got multiple guys missing tackles. And um, so I think that's a big thing, you know, maybe just find guys on the team uh, like we were talking about earlier uh, with a couple of our guys that are, you know, some of the leading tacklers in the country. I mean, that's, you know, I think you kind of alluded to it. It's a good thing if you have an elite defense, but it's not a great thing when you're, you know, a three and three team. And a lot of that's because your team can't get off the damn field. You know, if you, yeah. if you can't get off the field, then your your defensive numbers are going to probably be pretty high, at least in some of those statistical categories like tackling. But you look at other stats where points or anything else come into play. Obviously, it's not going to look so great. But yeah, man. I mean, they just got to. They got to find, you know, find a way to hold people accountable and just get these guys actually putting people on the ground. Yeah, I mean, okay, so you're a big stat guy, Will. I was actually having a conversation with my stepdad today, and he asked this question, and I just threw a number out. But he asked, he would be, he said, I would be curious to know how many yards we average going against us on first and second down. Well, you, I mean, so you're, you're asking other teams, like what? No, no, what, no, no. like no, no, no. How many yards we have? Like offensively, how many yards do we average on first and second down per play? I told him it was probably three, four yards, two, three. 
I mean, it's 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 not many. It's yeah, not many. I would say I would say that's probably pretty accurate. I don't know. I, I could do some research and find it out, but I, I can definitely tell you that if it wasn't in that ballpark, it would it would probably be pretty darn close. And if it wasn't, it'd be because there was an outlier, like uh, you know, one big play the Dykes right. or Austin just you know breaks yeah. that number open a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'll say if you look, okay, our average. Average per play is 6.2 yards. So, I mean, you know, and actually um, that that was this past week. So okay. uh, between Tulsa and us both, we both averaged 6.2 yards, a, you know, a, a play, which is pretty crazy. I felt like every – so, all right, let's 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 switch over to the offense since we're talking about them anyway. Brandon, I'm going to come to you. Nathan, I'm coming to you next. Um, Brandon, with this offense, let me ask you this. Why is Sean Dykes not getting – this is a two-part question, buddy. Number one, why is Sean Dykes not getting the ball? And number two, why are our best play calls that we don't see at all during the whole game called during two-point conversion? Where are those play calls when we got to have three, four yards? Well, the play calls when you got to have three or four yards are um, there because you get desperate – in those situations, when you get desperate, you start making better play calls um, instead of being relaxed, which, you know, we trailed the whole game last week. So, yeah, um, there's there's no no room for getting desperate uh, last week. You shouldn't have gotten to that point. You should have played with urgency the entire game. Um, now, as far as what was your well, I'm sorry, what was the first part question? Uh, first part of the question crap first part of the question what was the first part of the question will i don't know i started looking at stats (laughs) um oh oh brandon uh sorry i got it now first part of the question was why does sean dykes not get the ball why is that why i don't get it um i don't get it either um but i'm not gonna criticize seth hennigan for it no 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 i'm not Uh, criticizing him at all I think certain play calls are drawn up for certain guys. I do think that because Calvin Austin is option number one, um, I do believe that Seth stares him down and is like, okay, Calvin's open. I'm going to get him the ball. Now, as he grows, as did Paxton, as did Brady, as did Riley, um, those guys had to learn to find a second option. You know, Paxton's first option for a couple of years was Moe's Frazier. Then he started to find Tevin Jones. And then you had Riley come in. And, of course, he had an uh, an All-American in Anthony Miller. Then he had a really good all-conference player in Phil Mayhew. And Brady had uh, all kinds of guys. He had Coxie, oh, yeah, he had um, uh, uh Pollard played in the receiver position a little bit. Magnifico. Um, Magnifico. You had all kinds of options there. And I think that had to do with the Mike Norvell offense. Um, I think that had a lot to do with that system. Uh, I really do think that Seth is going to grow. You see better reads every game for him. I mean, he had 500 total yards the other day. Oh, yeah. It's not like like he was the problem. Calvin had 200 Yeah. Calvin had 200, but – And he really uh, did it quietly. To, he, it, to was quiet uh, it was, it was quiet. a quiet 200. It was a quiet 200. 
Uh, I, I'm still angry about that non-pass interference call in the end zone. But dude, that was right in front of me, and it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it was I mean, ridiculous. Dude, dude threw Calvin to the ground. But right. uh, I mean, that didn't Go lose ahead. the Sorry. game. That didn't lose us the game. No, no, um, no, no. It didn't. It didn't. But but I do have to say that um, Seth, his first option is Calvin, as I said, mm-hmm. and we've seen him use Dykes a lot this season. What Seth has got to start doing is looking for that second option, which is Sean Dykes, and. I, I promise you, if you just go back and watch any game this season, I don't care who we're playing, if you look across the middle of the field, Sean Dykes always has his man beat, and he's always wide open. I, uh, and I think part of it is because these play calls are set up specifically for certain guys. you know. Mm-hmm. So if Seth is staring down Calvin, he's not going to see Sean across the middle. He's looking square at Calvin all right. Running down the sideline. Now, as a quarterback, as a quarterback, as you grow, you're going to start making better reads. Brady, uh, Brady's kind of explained it to me um, over text. He said that because Seth is so young, it's just harder for him to um, recognize something. He's still learning the offense, you know. I mean, look, the guy, let's be honest. The guy wasn't even supposed to start this year. It was supposed to be Grant Gannell. But Gannell got injured, and and Seth had to step in, and look, he's done a hell of a job. Yeah, oh yes, yeah. Seth's done a hell of a job. I'm very proud of him. I think his offensive guys love him, uh, but yeah, to get Sean more targets is Seth's just gonna have to make a little bit better reads. I also think the O line's gonna have to give him a little bit better protection. It's not that the O line's been atrocious; they haven't. They have had some very dumb penalties. And they they have, were bad Saturday, Brandon. They, they, yeah, that, that was probably their worst game they've had all year. They were um, bad. I mean, besides, I felt so besides, bad for uh, Besides Temple. Yeah. I think that was a really bad game for them, too. But uh, when when you have a guy like Calvin or uh, – not Calvin, but Seth trying to make these reads, it's harder to see everything um, – when 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 you're running for your life, yeah, because uh, the O line because O line's not blocking, you know, uh, yeah. it's not it's not that they're it's not that they're being a have a bad O line. It's just that they uh they've been struggling a little bit, you know. Um, and I think I mean, that's I, part of the problem too. I think it all you boils also, down to listen, this team just to, in a you funk. You have to get they are they're in a bad funk, and I think they can get out of it. Do I think they'll get out of it Thursday? We'll find out when we make our predictions. But um, I, I, I just think I think once you get the offensive line, their morale up, then the run game will be back. I mean, look, we didn't fumble the ball except for once on uh, uh, Saturday, I believe. Yeah, so, I didn't really feel like it was a fumble. Speaking of, speaking of running game, Jonathan Taylor just ran a very, very long touchdown against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, nice. But, uh, and I know I'm stuttering and I'm just trying to think of words to say, but like, it's because I'm frustrated. It's it's because yeah. I'm frustrated. Oh, yeah. I, no, I, I completely. Like, like I said, and Will kind of said this in, in our private group chat, he said I sounded like an angry dad. I, I am an angry dad. These, these are, <laughs> this, the University of Memphis football team is my baby. I love it to death, you know. 
Um, but I'm very frustrated Absolutely. with the way things have been playing. So to answer your question about how to get Sean Dykes the ball, I have no clue. Just fix the O-line and maybe Seth gets a little more protection. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Will, let me ask you this, man. Is there a major problem that we need to be concerned about? I'm I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here. Will, I'm going to go to you, then Nathan, uh, you're next after Will. Is there a major problem that we need to be concerned about? Um, I mean, I think we've all addressed the tackling. I think that's one of the biggest issues. I think if that persists, you know, you could – this isn't by any means a prediction, but, I mean, you know, you could see the rest of their season going, uh, you know, one and four. I mean, just looking at it. I mean, I'm not saying that's a possibility or I'm not saying it's not, but, um, you know, they've got they've got some opponents ahead of them that they don't need to sleep on. I mean, we, we always see like UCF, SMU, even ECU this year is not bad. Houston, I think two lanes, obviously a win, no matter what way you slice it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, they just gotta, they just gotta be able to wrap people up, man. Uh, I don't want to keep harping on that, but just even going to that UTSA game, you know, that was one of the things that stood out to me. Um, at definitely after the, you know, after the half, and late in that game was some of the big runs that their running back was breaking off because they just could not put the dude on the ground. And they would reach out with one arm to try and bring him down. Well, if you catch a guy on his leg or on his forearm with your hand, he's not going anywhere, especially a D1 running back. Um, so, I mean, it's that's the biggest thing I see. I don't know that there's necessarily a coaching change or anything like that that needs to be made just yet. You know, maybe some schematic stuff. Um but I mean, they definitely need to right the ship, or else they could be staring at a one and four, you know, record moving forward. As far as on the, you know, the last few games of this season, that put them at six and five. Oh, well, I'd put them at four and seven. I got a best case where they go maybe at UCF and lose, win it, you know, win, have an SMU here at home. <clears throat> excuse me, ECU here at home, lose at Houston and beat Tulane here, which would be three and two, closing out. Uh, closing out our last few games, which would put them at six and five, which is still bowl eligible. But right. yeah, I mean, they've, they definitely need to, they definitely need to turn it around. I think Bob maybe, maybe is on board a little bit with just getting into buy-in, you know, this is, um, you know, definitely something that we, we need to probably keep on the radar, but I don't know that it's time to jump ship or anything. Right. Oh, no, I mean, I trust me. I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Well, um, I'm not. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I, got I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going anywhere. Obviously, <laughs> I, know you're I mean, if you can sit yeah. through Rip Shear and freaking Larry Porter, you can sit through anything. I don't care. I don't care yeah. if it's the DMV, whatever. You can sit through that. You can sit through anything. Uh, Bum, what were you saying? And then you're next, Nathan. I promise I'm coming to you, buddy. Sorry. Um. No. So my my best comparison with what's going on right now, and it's not. I mean. The talent is there. It was the same thing for Penny Hardaway last year with his basketball team. The talent was there, and he had to get them bought in. I think that that is what's going on right now. It's all it's all getting bought in. Uh, I, I think you have to. I think you have to get it going and um, get them bought in. All right, Nathan. I know you're fighting to get in here and say something, so. Let's, let's hear it, brother. <laughs> well, I mean, look, this, this is – I agree with all y'all. This, this ain't no need for coaching change, nothing like that. Uh, 
Hennigan is young, and he needs to go through his progressions a little bit more. Look at it each. We're uh, each one of his options before making a decision, and that and that's a young quarterback though. So you can't expect him to do something that a lot of quarterbacks now that are in their you know junior senior year that do that that go through the progressions and go through their options and everything. Uh, but that's just something that he'll learn over time and get the tackling. It's always going to, you're always going to need to take you, you can never be perfect at it. You, you can't expect to get every tackle, but you've got to make the ones count. And that's anything behind the line of scrimmage. If you have a chance, you got to make sure you wrap up at least, or at least do what most of these teams do. Grab the dude's ankle and wait for the rest of the guys to come over there and finish the tackle. Well, and that's and that's my thing, Nathan. Is I don't. I mean, generally speaking, when one guy hit, well, you know, you play football. Hell, Nathan, yeah. you stand him up, and then everybody else comes behind you and hits him. That's why there's eleven on the field playing well, defense. I, I think it's and also one guy's coming in and ripping every time. Well, yeah, but I think it's also got something to do with this new targeting thing. Targeting's got a lot of issues right now in, in the college football right now because a lot of these guys are afraid. Well, if I hit him like yeah. that, I'm going to get taken out, and which is and which is why the NCAA is looking at this targeting violation and making new adjustments to it, yeah, to where it ain't so serious. Because you look at a lot of these guys, these defensive backs. I mean, when do you, you look at uh, Palomalu when he was yeah. with the the Pittsburgh Steelers? That oh, man, he was killing he, people. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was hit. I mean, and that's what these DBs do. That's what their job is. Not. Don't let him catch the ball. Right. Don't get past interference, but make sure that ball comes loose. Yeah. And so when you look at this Memphis defense, yeah, the tackling's got to get better. But here's a little thing, and this is what I would send and what I'm sure uh, Ryan Silverfield tells his team. It's the same thing, and I'm taking the quote from Nick Saban from his uh, press conference just recently. He said, remember how it feels to lose. After you remember that, uh, see what you contributed to the losing. What, what what did you contribute to that loss in that game? You know, how, how could you, you make... real quick what, what we contributed. Right. First and foremost, our offense has to stay on the field. Well, yeah. It's got to. It's got to be able to sustain drives. But, but I mean, don't get me wrong. We all... I'm not... I promise I'm not harping on Seth Hennigan. No. I promise I'm not. Go ahead. But the play calling has got to get better. I don't – you've got weapons all over the field. You've got the fastest player in college football. Where's the jet sweep? Get him in motion and get him the ball. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this, Wes. Right here, I got a stat for you. This is from the Tulsa game. Rushing attempts for Memphis, 42. How many yards per rush do you think we got in that one? 6.2. No, 3.6. It's, yeah, it's terrible. It's ter- I mean, that, I mean, I want to say terrible. I mean, it's three yards. I get it. That, three yards in a cloud of offense, dust. I get the, it. The offensive line's got to hold their so, blocks and make holes for your running back to make a to make a big game. Yeah, you got to pick up the blocks. Don't hold. I'm not trying to tell you to go out there and hold. Right, right, right. So long, but pick up your blocks. If you see and Hennigan, what he's got to do as a quarterback, he's got to call these blitz. If he notices a blitz, he's got to call it. He needs yeah. and that. I mean. And not, like I said, I'm not bashing him either. He's a young quarterback. These are things that he'll pick up in time. Right. Brady White is a perfect example on who how who can help him with this. Yeah. Because Brady White did it perfectly. When Brady White came to the line, 
He checked the he checked the defense. If he saw blitz, he read it and he he made adjustments. And yeah. that's what Hennigan's got to do in this Navy game. Because I'm gonna tell you, this upcoming games and like Will said, I could see us beating Navy. I could see us beating U, UCF, SMU. I believe we could upset SMU. I believe it. I'm not I'm not all that impressed with SMU to be honest with you. But, but I, I mean, mean we here's one it. thing that I that I love about Seth Hennigan. He's not scared to tuck it and run. Right. Now, I think sometimes he's a little bit tentative as to when to go and when not to go. And I and I get that. That's just you. What were you saying, Will? Oh, no, I was just going to um, – Nate was mentioning the, the rushing attempts and total yards by the Tigers. So, we had 151 yards on the ground with 42 attempts. Tulsa had 46 total attempts on the ground with nearly 100 more yards than us. They had uh, 235, so really about 80 yards more on the ground, but only in four additional attempts. So, I mean, that's that's rolling pretty good. Obviously, their average was more than ours, but, you know, that just goes back to what we're talking about, not being able to wrap up and put people on the ground. You know? but, um, but, but, yeah, go But wait a minute. I think Bum's got something to say. Bum, do you know, I can't hear you, Bum. No, I, don't, I think he's just – I don't know what he's got. Um – all right, when you look at Navy, we're going to get into Navy, then we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back and talk about Tiger basketball coming up. Let's quickly go through Navy, guys. Obviously, the, the it's it's the triple option. You've got to be disciplined on defense. You, it's really more of a man defense that you really want to run versus a uh, zone necessarily. Uh, you, can, you can cross up in zone, stuff like that. Um, you've got to tackle well to stop it. And that's the concerning part because for the past three weeks, we can't tackle little Jimmy from the local youth league. How do we see Navy, guys? I'll I'll start first. I think Tigers will get the win by uh, – I want to say by 10 points. I think it's going to be a little closer than some people may think. What about you, Brandon? <laughs> uh, you just put me on the spot like that. Let's see. Uh, guys, I want to say we're going to win, but I don't know. Uh, so, I'm not going to pick us to lose, of course. I never do that, but uh, gonna say I, it's think gonna be we, close? I, I think we win by, like, three points. Okay. Uh, okay. And I don't think those three points are going to come from a field goal. I think they're going to have to come from a safety and a and – uh, a blocked extra point? Yes, a blocked <laughs> extra point. Like, We're going to do two things we ain't done all year. I love it. I do. I love it. Hey, something different. Uh, I also predict that the Memphis defense will get two turnovers this week. Um, hot take. Will, what about you, man? Man, um, my mic on? Yeah, good, it is. Yeah, you're on. So, I've, I've – Looking at this game, you know, I see Memphis, they're laying 10 and a half. Um, I know we're at Navy. Um, I think I think Memphis will get it done. Um, I don't know that that they'll cover necessarily, but um, but I do think they'll win. Um, let's see. I was looking at something a minute ago, Navy stat-wise, but um, uh, don't worry about it. Either way, I, I got the Tigers winning. Uh, I don't know that they'll necessarily cover, but – 
they just gotta they gotta be able to tackle. I know we were talking about this earlier too, tackling, tackling, tackling. But uh, this yeah. is not a team you want to go up against, especially when you're having issues wrapping people up because they're gonna run and they're gonna run and they're gonna run some more. Um, yes. And they may, you know, I know one of the last few times we've played them. Um, because we just hone in on that after so long, they'll eventually work it in where, you know, they'll air one out and surprise you. But, um, you know, you just got to hope they don't do that because we're obviously not, you know, not great against the pass either. So it, it, there's, there's plenty of, plenty of room to be concerned, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to bank on hoping they can pull one out because they, they definitely are going to need it moving down. Well, it looks like a pretty tough stretch. I agree. And then, I mean, when it comes to Memphis football, it's just two teams, tackling and turnovers. If we can fix those two things, we would probably be undefeated right now. Uh, Nathan, what about you, man? Yeah, so coming into this Navy game, yeah, you got to worry about the triple option. That is a go-to for Navy. That's one thing they always run and everything. But also, you got to think of it this way. Memphis does not need to get too ahead of themselves and think it's always the triple option. The quarterback over there at Navy can throw the ball. They've been known to have a receiver over there, which they do. So they could they could run it and they could throw it. Now, I'm hoping Memphis comes out in this game uh, more focused than they have been these past two. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping for a good game from the Tigers. I know it's at Memphis. It's on – I think it's Friday night, isn't it, guys? Thursday. Thursday. So Thursday night game, which is good for me. <laughs> So, Willie B will be in the press box. Yeah, so I, I'm hoping I'm hoping that uh, Memphis can pull this off. Uh, I'm with Bum on it. I think it's going to be a three-point game. It's going to be close. Memphis does need to prove a lot. But this right here, going against, the, going against the triple option, is why you have to be able to tackle. Because it, 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 this triple option, it, it, even, even for you know teams like Alabama, it will give you – Hell, it'll give oh, any yeah. team. So getting this triple option, you got to focus on not just the quarterback, but you got to watch that running back too. You got to take away that option, and you want to you want that quarterback to make a run. So if you can take away his option and take away that running back from him, you can stop this triple option easily. Yeah, you can. You can. I completely agree. Nathan, I know that they can throw all over. Trust me, I've seen it in person. Yep. Rip my heart out. 20, 2015. Yep. We're sitting there. Nasty. We beat Ole Miss. We're beating Ole Miss. Uh, and then the, two weeks later, we're like, oh, Navy's coming to town. We never played them. What'd they do? They didn't run the, the ball all over us. They, they were like, all right, cool. So y'all are going to load the box on us and run it. Cool. We're going to dump back and pass on you. Game. But thank God, thank God Keenan Reynolds is not their quarterback anymore. Because that dude is the one who had a cannon. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Well, that's been the Tiger football preview. We're the point presented to you by Germantown Village Wine and Liquor, 7730 Poplar Avenue, right there in the heart of G- of G-Town, out there with them Red Devils. Old Germantown Red Devils. What about well, the Houston like, Mustangs? True, true. I was getting ready to mention them, too. Wait, wait uh, a minute. Wait a minute. What about them Copper Dragons now? Undefeated well, uh, right now. I'm, I understand. I understand. Joe <laughs> Coney, my old, my old coach. I feel you. Uh, 
901-737-3174 is their digits. Hit them up. Holler at your boy Stephen Plunk. Tell them four star in the point sent you. We will be right back. Going to go to a quick break and come back and talk about Tiger basketball. It's right around the corner. We're the point. We'll be right back. Hey fans, did you know that 4 Star Sports Media now has a YouTube channel? You can catch exclusive content covering all things Memphis Tigers and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Shows like The Point, and the only show on social media about the Arkansas Razorbacks that is purely fan-driven, Inside the Hog Pen. Plus other shows like The Hog Trough, The 4 Star Sports Show, and many more coming soon. So check them out today. Go on YouTube.com and search 4 Star Sports Media. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to The Point. We just got through talking about Tiger football, but another very exciting sports season is right on our heels. It is your Memphis Tiger basketball team led by head coach Penny Hardaway and the greatest staff in the country. Fellas, Memphis Madness is here. Who's excited about Tiger basketball? Brandon, I'll start with you. All right, Will, go ahead. How, how excited are you for Tiger basketball to get here? And I'm pretty excited. I mean, I know it's right around the corner. We got uh, Memphis Madness coming up, and then they'll be firing up their regular season right before the end of the month. Um, obviously, you know, I'm pretty stoked. I mean, we've got a great roster full of some really great talent. Um, I think everybody right now is kind of just waiting on pins and needles to see see what uh what we heard a little bit of earlier you know what's to come of that as far as the um the independent rules committee goes as far as their their whole deal with the wiseman case from a couple years ago um so hopefully we can either put that all off until after the tournament this next year or you know whatever we'll we'll face that as it comes down the pipe but as, as the season goes as as this team goes man i'm i'm really excited about them um you know i think I think Penny, he's put together a great coaching staff. He's gotten some great recruits in. And um, I just I think they're the the right group of guys, both, you know, the guys they'll have on the floor and the guys they have um, right there, you know, on the sidelines telling these kids what to do. I think they've got a really good chance to take this thing a really long way this year. Yeah, I mean, I have to say uh, I haven't been this excited for Tiger basketball in quite some time. I, I, I was excited – Two years ago with Wiseman, and then last year with uh, uh, Musa. But this year, I'm at a whole other level of excitement. Uh, this this team just screams, "We're gonna make a deep run, and we may win the whole damn thing." Um, just looking at videos I've seen from practices, uh, 
talking with people who've been in town, who've covered the Tigers. Uh, I've talked to a guy that's an, that's an NBA scout. He was just in town recently covering the Tigers. He said they are elite. He said when it comes to the NBA draft stock, this Memphis team is elitely loaded with talent, not just this year, years to come. Sorry, uh, guys, I'm back. Okay. Um, Brandon, when you look at this Memphis Tiger basketball team, how excited are you to get this season cranked up? Well, um, I think I heard Will say something about the IRPK. I'm looking past that. Right now, we need to focus on the season, and this season is going to be a hell of a ride. Uh, it, it, it could, on paper, right now it looks like it could go down as possibly the best season in Memphis basketball history. On paper, it looks like we can win a championship. And as far as the eye test goes, from what I'm reading from NBA scouts and NBA insiders that were at this pro day, Memphis is the best team in the country. Yeah. And all of them have said it. You have a guy like Jalen Duran projected to go number four in the draft. They said Imani Bates, that they were commenting on his, his measurements and everything like that. But guess what? Measurements don't matter on draft day. Nope. I can tell you that right now. Because if you can play ball, you can play ball. But a lot of people are not talking about this. On NBADraftScout.com, which isn't actually affiliated with the NBA, but it's it's a uh, scouting thing. They have Joshua Minot going number 10 in this next year's NBA draft. Wow. Which, Threw me for a loop. He's one of the guys that everybody is forgetting about. Not to mention is, you have Earl Timberlake going in 21st, I believe. Is that he that draft. kind of talent, though? That's that is whatever he was a. They said he was a fringe, borderline five-star recruit. The reason he wasn't a five-star is because the part of Florida that he was playing ball in, he he didn't really have the competition down there, but. It sounded like he didn't have to have the competition down there because the dude is just playing out of his mind, apparently. Um, I'm very excited, very excited to watch him play. But also, they said Jonathan Lawson looked spectacular. Chandler Lawson looked good. John Camden, the freshman, said he's a true just grit basketball player with an incredible shot. They started calling him Johnny Cash. For how good his shot is, um, I'm uh, I'm really excited for this team, guys. Like, I I know I've said it several times, 2019, 2020 was special, number one recruiting class in the country. But all those guys were freshmen, and your oldest player was freaking Isaiah Maurice. Um, and uh, but you look at this team, and you're like. Oh, damn. Uh, we have DeAndre Williams, who's potentially an NBA draft pick this coming year, leading this team. You have uh, Lester coming back. Uh, you have you, – I mean, you have so much depth on this team. It's incredible. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I'm so, so extremely excited for this uh, this season, guys. Memphis Madness on Wednesday is going to be a spectacle, as it always is. Uh, the funny thing you haven't heard is 
most people are usually up for like the music acts and stuff like that that are going to be there, right? Yeah. This is one of the first years that people are actually excited to be there for this team, which yeah. really excites me. I think on both sides, me, men's and women's. Yeah, well, and Katrina Merriweather is doing one hell of a job over there with the women's basketball team. They have a new facility over there at the uh, at the uh, um, on-campus complex at the Elmer Field Fieldhouse. Yeah. She has a veteran team coming back. She brought her whole staff in from Wright State. They made the tournament last year, actually eliminated the Arkansas Razorbacks out of the tournament. Yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah. That's a hit at Arkansas. Um, but <coughs> very, 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 very fun Um and excited to see how she does as far as um, coming in to see how Penny does with these people. I think the thing I'm looking forward to most, though, is a completely sold-out FedEx forum with all these fans who are going to be there screaming their heads off for this team, excited to watch these guys and girls come out on the floor and perform and welcome them back with a huge roar because we haven't seen them in over a year, you know. Now, will this be on TV? Um, it is not on TV. Uh, they just they just uh, said that this morning, or, uh, or the University of Memphis announced that. They are pushing hard for people to buy tickets for the event. I really think that um, if you're going to go, go to GoTigersGo.com and buy tickets. It should be a fun event. Uh, I will be there. I'm not uh, sure who else will be there. Um, I've heard that there should be some special guests that will be there. So we should have a fun time Wednesday. Uh, follow it up with the football game on Thursday. It's just going to be, guys, I cannot wait. You know, uh, I say it all the time, but this is, I just have that gut feeling that this is the year that Memphis can win it all. Yeah. This I is agree. the year that Penny Hardaway can deliver something to this city that they have longed for for so long. This is the year that these guys that are from Memphis, both the Lawsons, Alex Lomax, Tyler Harris, can prove to people that, look, you can come to Memphis and win if you're a Memphian. You don't have to leave. You know, you have that whole you have that whole thing. Uh, you have people out here that say, well, you got to get out of Memphis to be successful. No, you don't. Right. You can be just as successful in Memphis. I hope everything's okay. That was crazy. Um, yeah, I can. I completely agree, Brandon. You can be extremely successful um, and, and, and still be in Memphis. All right, so we're going to talk about a topic uh, that I really don't really. I mean, I just. I'm just tired of getting screwed by the NCAA. So let's just go ahead and talk about this, Nathan. Jump in. Give me your thoughts. How, well, two part <clears throat> question, Nathan. How excited are you for this Tiger basketball team? And then, but wait. There's more. Um, how bad do you think the NCAA is going to screw over the Tigers? <laughs> Look, dude. I'm a, I'm a, the NCAA, first off, I'm excited for Tiger basketball. 
I'm excited about what Penny Hardaway is, uh, what he's done with his team, uh, the recruits he's brought in, the players, the coaches. I mean, this team is ready to dominate, and I cannot wait to watch them. I can't wait to watch them dominate, and I'm going to go ahead and say it now, dominate Tennessee. I'm excited about that game. I will be making sure that I'm attending that game for sure. Because I, I, I just, it's going to be packed and it's going to be crazy. But also, going back to the uh, NCAA, look, let, let's just go ahead and say it. The NCAA picks and chooses who, who they want to go after. They, 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 they see Penny Hardaway and they're like, okay, Memphis trying to build it. They're going to have a good team. No, let's go ahead and let's screw them right quick. Let, let, let's just mess up everything for them. I think that's what the NCAA is doing. Dude, they, they don't have nothing better to do. They just want to go after the Tigers because they know the Tigers are going to be they're going to, they are uh, going to have a dominating season this year. So they're going to go after them. They're going to target them. And that's what the NCAA does. They really could just drop this whole mess and everything. But they're oh, not agree. going to. But what they're going to do, it, this, this is how they want to do it. I'm sure this is how the NCAA will try to do it. Everybody, like all of us, we're all talking about Tiger basketball, how we're all hyped up about it, and how, you know, Memphis is going to run through this schedule, they're going to make the tournament, you know, end up probably winning it all. NCAA is going to step in and just crush everybody. They're going to crush everybody's dreams. That's just what they do. All right? They, they, they could hold off on this whole thing, but they're not. They want they want to make this, because they've seen what Penny Hardaway is doing. They've seen the coaches he's brought in. They've seen everything, the players and everything. And they're just going to, I mean, dude, NCAA, I've always said, they ain't got nothing better to do. Well, here's the thing, man. They, they I mean, need to go over there. Go mess with it, Kentucky. With Co- yeah, exactly. Know, That's what I was Kentucky, just about to say. We know? talked about this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> LSU, Arizona, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina. Why aren't you going and knocking on their door? Why aren't, why aren't you over there with a little camera, on, you know, looking through the peephole and creeping up into their door to see what they're doing? I'm, but here's the thing, and nobody can answer this for me. What did Penny do wrong? What did he do wrong? What did he do? That's, that's so, he gave, that's- so he gave the young man's mother money that the young man wasn't even didn't even really know about. The young man wasn't even involved. What did he do wrong? So so he gave the University of Memphis money. And so that makes him a booster. So he can't buy anybody anything. Come on, like, really? Wait, wait, wait. But there's more. What about this whole NIL deal crap? You got a quarterback yeah. in Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler, got a brand new Dodge truck, got a brand new Dodge Charger, showing it off on his little social media things. But you're okay with that. Those two brand new cars. I'm okay with that. That. That was yeah. an NIL deal. But, yeah, you're going to get on Penny about this? Right. Come on. This is the that happened, reason. That happened before he was even this. thought about as a Memphis basketball coach. That's what before I'm saying. They just, needed, they just need to drop it. Because yeah. this whole – now that they're allowing the NIL deal, this whole crap, this whole court thing, the violation, whatever you want to call it, NCAA, if you're hearing me now, it's crap. Because you're allowing these other players to get paid to do – Commercials for Bojangles or for Wendy's yeah. or Milo Sweet Tea or whatever. Yeah. But something that happened when Penny wasn't even a coach. And y'all going to hit him now. 
it's just because the NCAA got nothing better to do. I'm sure Coach Cal LaPerry called up NCAA and said, hey, y'all need to check into Memphis or some crap because he's got such a big freaking thing against Memphis. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he had something to do with this whole Memphis investigation. Yeah. Will, but, what about you, man? How, how do you think the NCAA is going to end up screwing us over? Well, to kind of go off what Nate was just saying, um, you know, and one of the head guys at the NCAA now, he's an ex, uh, he's an ex athletic director for UK, anyways. So I mean, that would make perfect sense as it is. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm I'm a lifelong Tigers fan. I mean, grown up, you know, I've seen this crap seems like all my life, where we just seem like we always get the short end of the stick, and it's definitely another situation where that you know seems to be the case. I mean, even. You know, you listen to some of the local guys around here. I was, they were talking about on the way home, Gary Parrish and Jeff Calkins were. And, you know, they were just mentioning, or at least Gary Parrish was, you know, they told you this guy wasn't eligible or, or there was an issue. You still played him. You know, I mean, you kind of painted yourself into a corner. And I can understand that, that argument. But at the same time, I, I'm right there with you guys in that, regardless of whether or not this guy who was, the biggest basketball player to ever play for your university is a booster quote unquote, because he's donated money to your, he's donated money to your programs. That has nothing to do with the fact that he moved this other family here with, again, without the kid knowing so he can play ball, but he wasn't the coach at the university of Memphis at the time, nor was he expected to be the coach of the university of Memphis at that particular point in time. Nor did anybody know that James Wiseman was going to come or commit to the University of Memphis at that particular point in time. So, you know, unless somebody had a crystal ball or a time machine and they were able to go back in time and see all this stuff transpiring and that's how they're able to, uh, you know, lay down their ruling. I mean, I, I do think it's pretty petty, but that that doesn't really surprise me. I mean, we're talking about the NCAA and, you know, like I said, being a Memphis fan, you've seen this happen more than once and, um you know, you just kind of get tired of it. I mean, there are plenty of other big fish that seem to get away with whatever, you know, whatever they damn well please. And here we are, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to come up and you always know, got the man up there just putting you down. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, Bum, we'll come to you and then we'll uh, wrap this thing on up for the night. What did I- are you Are you sure you want to come to me? Yeah, might as well. Come on, Bum, tell well, the NCAA can kiss my ass. And that's what Penny Hardaway needs to tell him. Penny Hardaway needs to hire an attorney. He needs to threaten a civil lawsuit against the NCAA. And he needs to just go after him. I mean, you know, we went after him the first time. It didn't work out in our favor. David Rudd has nothing to lose. He's out of here in May. Penny has nothing to lose because he doesn't even have to be the coach here right now. He's technically doing the NCAA a favor by making them this money and getting these kids to come play college basketball because you damn well know both these kids were going to go play in uh, the kids that have come in. We're going to go play in the G League if Penny wouldn't have recruited them and got them here. Also, you think about James Wiseman. I talked about it last week. You know, we have the whole Wiseman situation. La-di-da-di-da. Guess what? It happened while James Wiseman was not 
a member of the University of Memphis men's basketball team. And it also happened while Penny Hardaway was not the head coach of the University of Memphis men's basketball team. It is just a crock of BS. It's like, guys, the the Grizzlies have the same Memphis versus everybody, right? It's literally Memphis versus everybody. And we need to take it to heart. This, this organization doesn't care about the kids. They should be called the National Communist Athletic Association because that's what they are. They're a bunch of con men who screw these kids out of enjoying their college time. It's also a problem when you look at it and you have guys like Will Wade and Sean Miller and everybody else that are not getting punished at all because, well, guess what? They were caught on wiretaps. Same with Bill Self, caught on wiretaps, paying kids hundreds of thousands of dollars to come play at their universities. Oh, so you're going to hammer Memphis? Because, well, we can get away with it. Get your, please kiss my ass. That is the most bullshit, made up, just narrative that you could put out there. It doesn't make any damn sense. (coughs) Excuse me. Penny Hardaway, all this shit happened when Penny Hardaway was the head coach at East High School. All of it. And guess what? The TWSAA, who made this whole thing in court, threw it out of court. The NCAA should do the same thing because it doesn't involve the University of Memphis one bit. It only involves James Wiseman's family, and it only involves Penny Hardaway. It doesn't involve anybody else. It's a bullshit narrative that the NCAA is trying to push out there because they don't want a young black coach in Penny Hardaway to be successful because the NCAA is ruled by a bunch of old white men who have a ton of money and want to get away with criminal charges on these other coaches. You know, it's the problem is when Penny got this job and they're going to, I promise you, they're going to come after guys like Jawan Howard the exact same way at Michigan because they're going to look at Michigan and they're going to be like, oh, Michigan hasn't been that good in, the, in a long time. Uh, do you think that, that that we should go after them and look into what they're doing and make up some BS um, thing that they uh, that Michigan's doing? Hell yeah, they are because they don't want the NBA guys to come in to the, into their home and take something from them. It just aggravates me to no end, guys. And you know what? Right now, I'm going to enjoy this season. I'm going to let it play out, as I said, and then we're going to go from there. Because guess what? If we can get an appeal going and it goes until April, just win the whole damn thing so Penny can go take a job in the NBA and we can give two middle fingers to the NCAA and say, come and take our damn banner because we've won it. We've won it. That's what we have to do. We have to prove to them that we aren't little old Memphis. We are the University of Memphis and we are a major basketball program. We're not going to be looked down upon anymore. You know what? The days of John Calipari being here are over. The days of Dana Kirk being around here are over. The NCAA is just a communist organization looking at, well, you know, I want Memphis to not be successful because, well, they have a bunch of thugs on their team in a crime-ridden city. Shut the hell up. Give me a break. I hope you go to bed at night knowing that you're screwing these college kids out of a college experience. They do. They know. They don't care. That's the thing. And and here's one thing. 
you bring up a great point. A great point. Yeah, it's all about money. And here's one thing. Penny Hardaway is bringing money to the NCAA. He's also bringing money to the young men, not him personally, but through the NIL deals that are in place at the University of Memphis, or in Memphis for that matter. He's bringing these young men money before they ever get to the professional ranks. But the NCAA is not going to take away a national championship. If Memphis wins the national championship, it's ours. They won't take it. They won't take it. I hope you're right. I don't think. I mean, do y'all? I mean, I, I do not see the NCAA taking away a national championship. Memphis wins the NCAA tournament. It's ours. It'll forever be there. They'll never snip it. Yeah, I mean, if I think if we win it, possibly. But I was honestly, I was surprised to see him take, you know, 2008. So. See, I wasn't because we didn't win the national championship. If we would have won the championship, that banner would still be hanging right now. Yeah. Yeah, you I might just, be right. I, I just – as shrewd and criminal as, as those old farts up there that run the NCAA, they're not going to – that would tarnish the entire organization if they took away their own national championship. That would be horrible. I just don't I just don't see them doing it. I don't. Well, guys, we have had a great show tonight. We've talked about Tiger football. That's got to get back on track this week. Coming up Thursday night. Navy comes to town, 6.30. Big Bad Bumgarner will be right down front. Willie B will be up in the uh, in the PB, the press box, uh, covered for four-star sports media. I'll be implanted on my couch watching it. I'm sure Nathan will be on his as well. Tiger fans, get out and support these young men. I understand we've got a three-game losing streak going right now. I understand the, that the uh, water is a little rocky, but bullcrap. Get out there, put your blue on, and go support this university, the young men playing for them, and the coaches that are coaching because that's what they need. Last Saturday at Tulsa, the fans that were there, we were loud as as we could be. But let's get out. Let's go support these guys. You got Memphis Madness coming up Wednesday night from the FedEx Forum. Beautiful downtown Memphis. Bum's going to be there probably wild as all get out. That place is going to be nuts. It's going to be lit, as the kids like to say. Um, get out there and check out this Memphis basketball team. It's going to be a lot of fun. For Nathan Wilson, Willie B, Big Bad Bumgarner, I am Wes Pruitt. Thank you for everybody watching. You have been watching The Point.
my city that I can't put it all in a song But I'll tell you one thing, we get along When anything around here going wrong We had riots in the past, grew from that All lives matter, that's a fact But come to my town talking any kind of smack We're gonna beat you down and send you right back 